Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to a team that has just finished their shortened stay in the Scottish Championship, Heart of Midlothian, bouncing back at the first attempt. I am one of your hosts, Adam Kennedy, who's got a decent game to discuss for once, and I'm joined, as ever, by Daniel McIver. Daniel, how are we doing? I'm doing very, very well. That was my main thought as I was watching the fantastic performance in Wraith was that, oh my god, Adam actually has something to speak about. Uh, how are you doing? Um, I, I, I'm just delighted that it's done, mate, to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was I was watching us last weekend somewhat disappointed given the, the slick display at Starks, but I'm just, I don't know, I, I thought we're going to be heartless for a few months, but if I'm honest, I feel as though we've needed the off-season for a, a good wee while. Do you, do you get that same impression? Yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. Uh, however, we say that, and we're justified in saying that. However, in two weeks, when we've no other game, I'll be like, oh, I wish we were getting beat away at Aloha again. <laughs> withdrawal symptoms, don't we? Um, exactly. Of course, Heart of Midlothian travelled to Kakodi, hoping to duplicate what should probably be considered their best away performance of the season, um, a resounding 4-0 victory over Wraith Rovers uh, at Starks Park back in January. That day, Liam Boyce and Ewan Henderson grabbed goals before an Armand Nandwile brace. Um, however, the Frenchman was unable to play in the kingdom due to injury and was replaced by the aforementioned Ewan Henderson in Hearts' only change. Were you surprised that that was the case, Mr McIver? I was surprised in terms of when I first saw the team and he wasn't playing and I panicked going, what does that mean? Why is that a thing? But as soon as it was explained, oh, it's through injury... I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Henderson's the most natural person to fit in, apart from Naismith, but you don't really want Naismith getting a full 90. Um, and let's be honest, with the form that Henderson's been on in the last kind of month or so, he was definitely the best option. My main worry was just that, how bad is this injury in Andwally? No, I, I get your concerns with their sort of injury history. Um, Stephen Naismith mentioned in his, his pre-match press conference that fringe players may get a chance but also spoke about you know the squad's determination to to win games what were you expecting heading into this one because it had been well documented in in the run-up that Rovers were the only side with an incentive to play for um obviously attempting to secure second place in the championship table yet we made it seem like that wasn't the case I genuinely I had no idea what to expect because before the Inverness game I was saying that I don't think with the kind of, oh, there's no pressure on them anymore, we've won the league, there's nothing to play for apart from whatever the opposition are playing for, I thought that would actually potentially hinder us even more because the criticism that has been levelled at this squad for this entire season has been that they never look arsed, they never look up for it, they just look like they can't be bothered. I thought, oh, well, now that there actually isn't anything for them to play for, they're going to be worse. But it has actually been proven that they've. It has kind of been like, oh, shackles are off, we can do whatever we want now. And frustratingly, it's put in arguably our best two back to back performances. Um, personally, going into this, I couldn't have given less of a fuck about this game. I was like, especially the opening 12 minutes when nothing happened, I was like, I don't care if we win, lose, or draw. The game that then followed made me change that because I really enjoyed it, obviously. But because I was only focusing on going, 
this is the last 90 minutes of the championship I ever need to care about again no I I, I totally get that um, obviously if we talk about the action itself it'd be safe to say that there were very few chances in the opening 10 minutes um, we just noticed... did nothing we just did absolutely nothing and no. it was getting back to that like oh we're just passing it round the back no doing it Wraith actually were pressing us really well but again Rovers sort of only had one one real opportunity and I say an opportunity loosely I mean Jamie Gullen on loan from Hibs um, sends one over Craig Gordon's crossbar but obviously of course the visitors would take the lead with just over 10 minutes on the clock um, Michael Smith playing a superb ball forward finding Gary McKay Stephen in acres of space and he rushes through before opening up his body and, and curling one with his left foot past former Hearts keeper Jamie McDonald. Um, listen, it was it was the ideal start for, for the Jambos, considering that we've basically scored from our first attack. Three and two for Gary Mackay Stephen at that stage. Um, but when was the last time that we actually scored from our first attack? I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Well, a few things. First of all, uh, I have a weird connection with Jamie Gullen because my dad signed him to a football club. Really? Yeah, that's it, when he signed for my local team, Galifian Rovers. So that's an interesting little thing. He was shit on Friday night, though. So, <laughs> um, However, to answer your question, Jen, I can't think. Like, I feel like on the opening day of the season when we battered Dundee, I feel like Smith's goal, although it came early, we had had another chance before then. And even the Inverness game last week, well, two weeks ago now, and again, we scored two very quick-fire goals, but they weren't our very first chance. I have watched this goal numerous times, right? Both as it was happening live, all the replays, then after the game, all the replays, then on Hearts TV, I am still convinced he's offside. (laughs) Well, well, this is what I was going to touch on, because... As much as it's a fantastic finish, I I too was sort of surprised that he found himself in such room. And I'm not sure whether it's perhaps, I think it's young Kieran McDonald's fault, a left back, or big no, man it's, at, it's, at it's, half. No, it's Benedictus' fault, even if he's not near it. Because <laughs> I said last week, all I wanted was Kyle Benedictus to be embarrassed. And that game of football embarrassed Kyle Benedictus. So let's just use this as an opportunity to blame him for the goal, even if he was nowhere near it. There you go. There's your Kyle Benedictus vendetta coming to fruition once again. I don't know why I hate him so much. I think it was just that opening game in the Betfred where Whiten turned into R9. And it was just like, oh, you do my heeding. And he's been rubbish this season. I know he's been part of a team that's done very, very well. And he's probably been a very focal part of that. (laughs) But against us, he's always been rubbish. And that makes me laugh. I actually met him when I was studying at, at Fife College. I think that's that's pretty harsh. He, he was a nice guy. but No, I don't care. That, that, that was just to me. Um, going back to sort of that, that question that with regards to a fast start, why did I have East Fife in the League Cup with Ollie Lee's oh, quick-fire brace? Twice yeah. in like a minute. That seems to, uh, other than that, I really couldn't tell you, not just this season, but probably in my heart-supporting career, um... I'm really oh, I'm trying to think no like, idea. I'm trying to think of really fast goals that we've scored. There's probably someone screaming out that 
I can't think maybe, of. Maybe Zayfout last time in the championship. Did he not give us an early lead once? I don't know. I think it's Livingston, was it? This is listen. This is one for sort of London Hearts or, or Heart Stats or whoever. But yeah, of course. Afterwards, um, the Northern Irishmen look to link up again. Another long ball forward from Michael Smith, um, seeking for the head of his compatriot Liam Boyce, but he headed straight at Jamie McDonald. And I've got to be honest here, first half, not great. Um, a few chances. Um, Andy Halliday smashed the crossbar with a free kick right on the edge of the area. Um, the host then went close when Reagan Tumulty's cross was directed high and wide by Brad Spencer. Um, Liam Boyce had a team back heel sent straight at McDonald after a Michael Smith volley. Um, however, Hearts... We're looking to double their advantage um, when Andy Halliday sent one over the top. Liam Boyce uh, takes one touch to control, sends Ewan Henderson through with his second in the second half um, before Jamie McDonald denies him with a, a smart double save. Should he score, Daniel? Or am I being yes. too harsh? Yes, it's easier than the one we're going to speak about in a minute. Like, First of all, I will say, I actually enjoyed the first half. Maybe not the opening 10 minutes where nothing happened, but I felt like generally the first half was a very professional performance. Like We were dominant, weren't we? Just yeah. nothing really all that clear-cut. What it felt like was a Premiership side playing a Championship side, which at the time it technically was. Like it, It's a performance overall in the 90 minutes that we'll speak about in a bit, but it's just that I was like, this is what we should have been doing every single week. But the Ewan Henderson chance... It, listen... It's Jamie McDonald in goals. It's two great saves. But he shouldn't be in a position to be able to make them. All he should do is open up his body and put it far post. Which again, he clearly learned to do that. <laughs> I just don't know why he goes near post. No, and I mean, clean through, I, I, maybe it is a bit harsh but because they are decent saves. But for, for me, I, I just feel as though he should score. However... Of course, it was Ewan Henderson that would double the Jambos' lead um, soon after. I, I'm going to get... Before we sort of dissect the goal further, what have you made of kind of Wraith Rovers' play style? Because to me, whenever I've seen them, not just solely against Hearts, I mean, I watched their, their 5-1 battering of Dunfermline um, on the BBC Scotland channel, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago? Um I really like the look of Ray Throwers. I, I feel as though they play some fantastic stuff. Is that sort of the, the type of style that Robbie's trying to emulate but can't seem to really do so? I would describe the way Ray Throwers play as dangerous. Well, in the sense. I, 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 I get what you're meaning because ultimately it did prove that case later on, didn't it? Yeah, because when, for example, that's a good example that you gave the Wraith Dunfermline game. That was a game where Wraith completely imprinted themselves on that game. They forced themselves into leading it and didn't allow Dunfermline to get out of the traps. And Dunfermline were also hopeless. But I was speaking to my dad about this, obviously, and he made the point where he was like, the opening 10 minutes, which is which were the worst opening 10 minutes from our perspective, Wraith were pressing high, constantly trying to get in our faces. Whenever we played out from the back through a variation of Smith, Halkett and Suter, Vaughan and players such as that were constantly breathing down their necks. Then we get the goal and they just completely went into sitting deep, not pushing. And what that does is allow us to imprint on the game. And whilst 
again, the second half was different because we really did play some good stuff. But in the first half, we just imprinted calm dominance. We were like, we're not going to move it too quickly because then that allows you to get in behind slash a general counter-attack. However, we just allowed it to go, right, we know our shape. We know what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and be patient. And I just feel like Wraith didn't know what to do with that. There might be elements of going, listen, we don't know what the scores are elsewhere. We we know that we can't get battered here to have a chance a second. If we keep it tight at 1-0 and maybe nick a goal and just hope Queen of the South are doing the same against Dundee, then we'll be able to solidify second and all that kind of stuff. But particularly at half-time when you... I mean, surely they'll have been told, Dundee are walking past Queen of the South here. We need to start going for this. Obviously, a, an individual decision is about to happen in a minute that changes that and Wraith have to go more defensive and it didn't even work but you see it with later goals they ju- there was almost an element of right we- we've built our entire game about passing it out from the back we're just going to do that even if we're not in a position to do it if it's detrimental to us that's all we really know just now and I just felt like Wraith played badly but we made them play badly which was encouraging to see, wasn't it? It is sort of the type of performance that we have been crying out for week after week. Um, and I know that, listen, Hearts aren't going to duplicate it every week. We know that. But the vast majority would be quite nice in a league that we're expected to walk. And ultimately, I guess we kind of have, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, let, let's go on to the second goal because... Obviously, Rovers are, are looking to play it from the back. Um, I'm a fan, but again, like you say, leads to trouble as it does so here. Um, Jamie McDonald clips it out to, to Reagan Tumble to it right back once again. Andy Halliday, who I thought actually had a really good game, um, nips, he did. In, nips he did. in ahead of him. Chest down to Gary Mackay Stephen as they play a, a simple wee one two. Halliday slips in Ewan Henderson, who initially goes to the outside. Cuts in, bends one beyond uh, Jamie McDonald to make it Wraith Rovers nil, Hart Midlothian two, two goals in his last three games for for the young twenty year old. Is it game over at that stage? I, yeah, I was like, there's no way they're getting back into this. The way that they've just crumbled after the first goal was enough, and they just kind of looked defeated. They didn't even look that bothered about it, which was kind of the biggest shock for me. There was no kind of like when Henderson scored and we were celebrating, there didn't seem to be a kind of community sense of, right, come on, let's do this. We're still in this. From a Wraith perspective, they'll be thinking, we know that they've got a bad performance in them. They could crumble. We've beat them before this season, etc., etc., etc. But they all just kind of seem to turn heads down and kind of accept and defeat. And I do think from that point, the way we were playing... I was like, ah, right, okay, that's it. We've won this game. I'll be honest, I didn't expect us to then go on and have the second half we actually did, but I thought the points were in the back. I thought that was it. I thought for the remaining 40 minutes or whatever it was, half an hour, we were just going to sit in and do nothing and it was going to be a really boring end to the game. Do you think it sort of leads back to what you were saying earlier with regards to being sort of made aware of what's going on at Palmerston at that stage, that Rovers are perhaps sort of don't want to say defeated because like like you mentioned that they're only a goal behind and they know that we are vulnerable but 
do you just feel as though there's maybe something mentally there that you know it's going to be an uphill task to try and assert second spot at that stage yeah it's like from this position we need to score three unanswered goals against a team that is just won the league and is playing us off the park at this stage no I'd, I'd, I'd say that's fair um Listen, the result looked as though it was going to be assured about a minute later. Um, Aaron McInef intercepts in the middle of the park. Looks to slip Ewan Henderson in on goal once again. Um, <laughs> the youngster goes down under a suspected challenge from, from Ian Davidson. The spot kick's given. Daniel, there is no way that this is a penalty, is it? That's class. Honest to God. I love From this moment on, I was like, this is my favourite game of the season. <laughs> How, I mean, it's never a penalty it's like it doesn't even it's not one of those penalties where you go oh there's some contact but in the modern game that's a penalty it's like he literally just doesn't touch him now however it's not a dive interesting why is it because not Henderson dive? tries to stay on his feet and run through it you just think he's fallen over I'm just like because when you see it again Henderson's like I'm clean through here I think the reason he falls is because the momentum... Who was it that got sent off? Ian Davidson. I think Davidson coming in has put Henderson off balance. He slid in or kind of pushed it. I can't remember exactly what he did. And then Henderson's like, I'm through here, but the momentum's carrying him through. So I, I saw a lot of discourse about it being like, Henderson dived there. I understand that. I just personally think it's a bit harsh on him to say you dived for that when he clearly tries to stay on his feet and, and just falls over yeah <laughs> um i'm not, I'm not gonna lie I, I have to say i'm a big fan of ian davidson's screams uh, towards the officials <laughs> I, I watched the uh, the wraith rovers highlight package back on youtube i'm absolutely creasing um however craig halkett steps up I, i've just got one question I've got theories. I've got bloody theories about this. Why? Like Because it's his last game for the club. Well, this is what I was going to ask, because I had suspected that he hadn't scored this season and was looking to get off the mark. I did some digging earlier on. He headed home the winner against Cowdenbeath back in the League Cup in October. I was about to say, yeah, I swear he scored in the League Cup. So, are you adamant that that's the case? Because I, I just looked at it and thought, why is Halkett taking when... Liam Boyce, just a, a couple other more sort of suitable or more likely scorers are still on the park. You're just well, you're just convinced that he's done. No, I'm not convinced. I think it's however there's a couple of things in my head because yeah, when you look at it on the face of it, there's Boyce, league top goal scorer, club top goal scorer, and he's a very good penalty taker. Henderson, who won it, is a striker, has just scored. GMS is there. McInef. I don't care what he's like penalties. I trust him more than Halkett. There's two things here. One, he was the Livingston penalty taker. We, You started a campaign way back when. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Halks for pens. Yep, I did. I absolutely did. Um, he, he was their actual penalty taker for the whole time he was there at Livingston. So it isn't like this is bearer walking up or Popescu and it's it's so out of the blue it's like at least Halkett has previous pedigree for this and that is a fair point maybe he's thinking I've not scored in the league this season 
last season he was one of our top goal scorers. <laughs> that was Sorry. honestly my only logical shout when I'm watching it. I'm like, I, I know that he'd had a history with Livy for for taking pens, but I, I just found it I just found it bizarre. Like, but that's what, that's where it comes to me that it's like, is that his last game? Is he and trying he to like it. equal Popescu's league tally? Maybe I don't know. Um, but if it is his last game. That penalty sums up Craig Halkett's Hart's career, I think. Wow. Elaborate. Someone who clearly has talent, there's a player there, you kind of go, I'm actually half confident he'll put this away. And lo and behold. He doesn't even hit the target. It's not like it's a save. He just hits the bar. And that scream of just anger, it's like, I worry, because I... I mean, by all accounts, he's an absolutely lovely guy and I appreciate the service he's given to us, but I feel like that's a perfect summary of how you will be remembered at this club. Wow. I, I, I mean, he is a nice guy, but I, I, I just don't, I don't get these claims, man. I, I'm just fully convinced that he's here to stick around. I, I don't know. I'd, I'll be honest, right? I wouldn't be... You know how... We'll speak about this next week as well when we review the season and stuff like that. And at the end of this podcast, when we speak about transfers, there's some players that I go, I'll be gutted if they're here next season. I know it might be mental to say, but I wouldn't be gutted if Halkett was still here as long as Suter's fit to play and we sign another centre half. No, I, I, I totally get that. Um, I mean, is the centre half in question Declan Gallagher so that we can. Go, resort in this back three um, somebody it's more just anybody it just, it's just anybody who's competent I was about to say just as well you, you chucked in the whole competence shout yeah, <laughs> not another Popescu situation no um, you know justice is served for me once that, that crashes off the crossbar um, but that makes it funnier to me <laughs> that I think there's, maybe there's the third element where we knew that was never a penalty and we've just taken the piss at them going, oh, we don't even need this. We're going to win anyway. We're just going to miss this and we're going to get our centre half to take it just to drive the knife further in. And if that's the case, I rate it. Top, top shit house, I rate it. Yeah, fully rate that. <laughs> of course, Hearts were looking to make their numerical advantage count. Uh, what I will say is, <laughs> rate of a, a fully justified claim to hit up the uh, the compliance officer. I, I, hope they... I hope they reject it. I hope they reject it. Oh, but now nah, there was dear. full grounds. There was full grounds. Listen, listen. <laughs> I've not been the one out of this podcast to be focusing on the petty stuff from last summer. However, I Excuse let me. myself enjoy it that last game because I was like, you were involved with us in the court case and we've absolutely embarrassed you on the last game of the season you've been on the end of the worst refereeing decision I've seen this season and it cost you second place get it right fucking up you Wraith wow so I'm assuming that you're wanting the pars to advance in the playoffs then yes absolutely interesting um, <laughs> like like I was alluding to Hearts were looking to make their, their numerical advantage count um, Liam Boyce again denied by McDonald before Rovers again try and play out from the back. Um, I just felt as though they were looking to become masters of their own downfall at this point, sort of before Boyce's effort smashes off the bar. Um, 
to me, a, a goal was the only thing missing from Liam Boyce's performance, wasn't it? Oh, he was just class. He's just... Adam, he's so good. He's just the best signing we've made in years. Oh, my God. Like, that's two games in a row now where you can understand and fully respect Gary McKay Stephen getting given man of the match, but at the same time be like, that is such a shame that Boyce didn't get it. No, he's, he's a total workhorse, isn't he? He's a grafter. Um I think that's pretty much reflected in, in his hairline or lack of, um, but... That's harsh. That is harsh <laughs> on the man. No, I know. I, be, I better not say too much. I've got a wee, a wee recedo myself. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, the, the third is basically his making. Um, a very sloppy goal that Rovers, again, will be disappointed to concede. Um, however, Hearts and Stephen Naismith in particular um, will certainly take it. Um, oh, Logan. this one! I couldn't remember which way round. This is the mental one. Where yeah, it's it like, what are they doing? Because Shea Logan looks to cross for his, his fellow wing-back, Andy Halliday. Um, rather than booting to safety, Rovers again looking to play out. Um, but Brad Spencer passes across his own box <laughs> in, in Ryan Porteous fashion. I was just about to say that! <laughs> um... Before a, a back heel from Liam Boyce, it's a really smart, continuous touch, um, yeah. which sets up the skipper to, to poke home from close range. Um, what did you make of this? Because to me, goodness gracious me, if Rovers defend like that, then there's not a hope in hell's chance they get promoted. I just, I think the perfect thing to sum up that goal is that team almost finished second in this league. That tells you everything you need to know about this fucking division. To be fair, Brad Spencer's not a first-choice Wraith Rovers player. I don't care. Okay. It wasn't just him. They were all at fault. The only person I alleviate blame is Jamie McDonald. <laughs> who, who seemed very angry afterwards. He was very angry. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just... Again, this is what I mean. Just very dangerous. Like, listen, lads, I get it. You've got this philosophy... It's McGlynn ball. I, fair play to you, right? Love it. Listen, offensively, I think Rovers are great to watch. Yeah. Just leave it a bit a bit to be desired at the back for me. But it's <laughs> so like... good luck with Christoph Berra. Ah, exactly. <laughs> what a fucking cover. Um, however, it's like, listen, you're 2-0 down. You've got 10 men. Just punt it. <laughs> There's absolutely no need for it at this stage. <laughs> no. I don't know whether... Because of kind of results and goings on elsewhere, do they then go backs to the wall? Like, what what do you suggest? Is their game management not of a sufficient standard in order for them to get promoted? No, and I think it's kind of a perfect summary of John McGlynn, a hark back to his time with us. It's like, if we play well under McGlynn, we played some nice stuff, but see, I just remember it being a time of, if we went behind we shit ourselves and that was it and that was the only way I can describe that Wraith game where it was like Wraith were on the front foot dominant Gary McCann Stevens goes that first goal and from that point on like for the next 78 minutes they didn't look like a championship side no I'd say that's fair and even even kind of the, the pre-contracts that Wraith have got arranged are, are championship standard for me so. are they not signing Dario Zanata no yeah they are and, oh my god! Uh, so it's uh, Christoph Berra, a boy from Clyde, is it Tom Lang, um, Dario Zanata, and James Keaton. So three out that quartet are are former Hearts 
Keaton's is a no bad sign. Don't, don't want to say rejects, but I don't know. Well, Keaton's can't, can't get right. a game for Inverness. True, but I think Inverness are better than Wraith. Interesting. And and obviously, Todorov's free scoring anyway. But we're not going to talk about Wraith and Inverness. This is a, a Hearts podcast, despite the two being um, ex-Hearts forwards. But... No, literally everyone you just mentioned in that sentence is former Hearts. <laughs> but another Hearts forward that is currently contracted to the club is, uh, is Stephen Naismith, our, our club captain. Mm-hmm. There was lots that sort of appeared to have been made about Nasey's potential retirement almost in the build-up to this match. Um, what's your thoughts regarding Stephen Naismith? Has he still got a part to play? Is next season the ideal time to start his coaching career? What lies next for Stephen Naismith? I, I mean, the, the only person who can answer that is Stephen Naismith. I, I wouldn't want him to push himself beyond, like, out of his comfort zone. And what I mean by that is, Obviously, every athlete you say, no, you want to get them out of their comfort zone. I mean his physical comfort zone. Like, I don't want him to be playing in pain. I don't want him to just be absolutely exhausted after every game and struggle to walk the next day. Um, But if he's happy, I'd be fine with another year. Just in terms... Basically, if we can get that performance he did on last Friday night, every time next season, or obviously not every time... But to similar standards, I'd be happy. A guy who comes on, last 20 minutes, solidifies everything, talking to the youngsters, pops up every now and then with a goal and an assist or just a key intervention within the game, I'd be happy with that. I wouldn't be happy with it if he is our starting 10 next season, for example. Even sort of that role that you've got him down under, do you you feel as though he justifies his wage for a sort of bit part player because I suspect he'll, one, he'll be one of the highest earners if not the highest earner he will be right and that's probably a different conversation when you do bring in the financial aspect because the blunt answer is no someone on his wages needs to be a starting player to be worth it however that obviously was more a couple of years ago when we gave him that deal there's not really much we can do about that now unless he agrees to take reduced wages, which he might. I don't know. I don't know if we offer that to him. I, I really don't know. Um, I, I'm very interested to see what he does next because I'm assuming he's, uh, I hope, he's going to tell the club pretty early on so that he doesn't get to kind of a week. So what, the Betfred Cup or the Premier Sports Cup starts in like middle of July, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mid mid late July, I think. Yeah, I hope he doesn't leave it to the start of July to let them know. I hope he gives them plenty of time so that if he does retire, we, we can, can get, get a replacement, replacement in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm I'm pleased that you alluded to to that because I I feel as though he seems to really enjoy his time at Hearts. Certainly, with what he's yeah. been saying in the press and whatever, it seems as though he's he's really enjoying it. But of course. Three minutes later, after the skipper puts us three to the good, um, Hearts round off the scoring. The front three linked up for what was actually one of my favourite goals this season, Mm -hmm. just given how simple it is. Um, A 1-2 between Liam Boyce and Stephen Naismith before the former centres for Gary Mackay-Stephen taps home into an empty net. 4-2 for GMS after none in the previous, I think it's 16 Hearts appearances. Um, 
I said last week that this is the GMS that I believed Hearts were signing. Now I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he's the best midfielder stroke forward in Scotland. I'm devastated we won't see him again until July. Give me your thoughts. Season couldn't have ended at a worse time for him, eh? No. And this is the um, frustration because I, I spoke to an Aberdeen fan on Twitter. I, I basically put out um, sort of my frustration as to why it's taken so long for GMS to, to turn up. And he, he came back to me saying, zero pressure matches, GMS is your man. I, I will say, I kind of agree with that. Like, in the games we've needed him, he's done nothing. <laughs> And then the games where it's like, oh, I couldn't care less about this. He's like, now it's my time to shine. Come on, I'll be class. 2013, Gary McCaskey's back again. Um, listen, I'm not going to criticise him too much because he's been our best player, arguably, over the last two games to end the season. Very good. Exactly what you want from Gary McCaskey. Playing in this striker central role is clearly where he most naturally plays I understand Nielsen's point where he said that the reason GMS has done so well in these, in these last two games is we're playing against teams who need to get a result so therefore they're not just sitting in and stifling us and that allows more freedom and he compares that to next season how he's like that'll be what more of the games are like so therefore he expects GMS to be better next season again I use this comparison uh, a few months ago, I can't remember who it was about. It might have been GMS, I can't remember, where it's like a Newcastle and Mingus team. In 2015-16 January, when they were in the Championship, they brought in Christian Atsu. Last few months, he didn't really do a lot. Then the next season, when they went up to the Premiership, he was one of the players of the year. And it, all, it just didn't make sense. It was like, you're playing against better opposition and you're somehow not bad anymore. I hope it's that with GMS. I just worry it's not and that the mean average of his performances this season is what we're going to see again next season. But for now, as I say, season couldn't have ended at a worse time for him. I'm delighted for him that he's got not just on the score sheet, but as you say, four goals in his last two games, two doubles. He couldn't ask really for more in the last two games. It's just please keep this up, Gary, and don't go back to what you were for the previous nearly 20 games I was going to say we'll, we'll just be asking for more in the previous 16 um, yeah. I think he's one that needs a, a real pre-season under his belt doesn't he and hopefully that's the case and we, and we continue to see Gary Mackay-Steven thrive in, in Maroon um, listen after the match Robbie Nielsen spoke of his delight in Gary Mackay-Steven's performance um, John Souter's Ewan Henderson's any other standouts for you? Because I, I'd sort of alluded to it. I felt as though Andy Halliday had a really good game. I felt as though Liam Boysall, that his performance was missing, was a goal. Um, yeah. Any others come to your, your mind, mate? As Robbie mentioned, John Souter just looks like he's played every single game for us this season. He's absolute caviar, isn't he? It's ridiculous how good he is. Um, again, another one that get a good pre-season under his belt and I just Definitely. I mean if this is what he's like after 400 days off he's going to become fucking prime Maldini with a pre-season in him and um, Robbie also spoke about sort of work in the close season in order mm-hmm. to get him up to sort of pre-season standard as well so very intriguing what's going to happen with uh, with Sophie next season definitely I thought again Herring was just consistent didn't put a foot wrong he didn't do much 
but he just kind of kept us ticking over. Just bossed it as he usually does, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just it's so refreshing to have that Peter Herring back. Uh, we've still with both those players. We said it last week with both Suter and Herring in the starting eleven. We still haven't conceded a goal. It they had so much. I thought Shea Logan had a better quiet game, but I I just think he is at. He's played five games for us and. I can't think personally of a time where he's put a foot wrong. Do you think that'll be his last appearance for Hearts? Or do you think they'll offer him a, a, a one-year deal, maybe? I'd like a one-year deal. I genuinely would. I, I don't think I would have said... If we went back to when Thomas was on and we were speaking about the Shea Logan apparently, I don't think any of us would have been saying this, but I now genuinely think most of the Hearts fan base wouldn't be bothered by a year deal. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd go along with that. Um. <laughs> What else? Sorry, I felt as though you were going to say something there. Yeah, it was just that I just wanted to say that has now, because I, sh- I saw this stat from Heart Stats, that is now Liam Boyce this season contributed to 23 goals through goals and assists, which is the most since the 05-06 season with uh, Rudy Scatchell getting 30 and Paul Hartley getting 27. Uh, I have it on quite good authority that the man himself didn't know he was at that many, but... He's just... Listen, we'll get to it next week, but he's got my vote for a certain category. He's what, just been fantastic. I know. Uh, he's a b- breakthrough player. He's just been <laughs> fantastic. In a season that hasn't been great overall, which is probably an understatement, um, he's been one of the two, now that Suter's back, three shining lights ever throughout it. Again... I was saying this right at the start of the season where people were, and I can, as I said at the time, I understand the the annoyance that Liam Boyce brought to some at the start of the season, but a stat like... Yes, exactly. Um, I've seen a lot of people discount that stat because they say he's playing in the championship. I would say two things. One, our free-flowing, amazing team in the championship last time, no one came close to that. Good shout. Uh, and secondly, Rudy Scatchell and Paul Hartley both did it in 36 games. Liam Boyce did it in 25. So it's actually even better. Well, that's you silenced uh, Liam Boyce's critics there. Um, exactly. Of course, you've touched on the fact that we were playing in the second tier. Um, that win in Kirkcaldy rounds off Hearts' stay in the championship, given obviously we are champions. Dundee snuck into second with Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline occupying the final playoff places respectively. Inverness and Queen of the South have settled for mid-table obscurity. Meanwhile, Arbroath and Ayr secured safety on the final day. Morton occupy the relegation playoff place. Alloa automatically relegated. What have you made of the championship this season? I don't mean just solely hearts. I just mean the league generally because I know that you're not a big fan. I gen- right. This is go- I know this is how this is going to come across and people will tweet me and stuff like that. This comes across as a better wee hearts fan who's annoyed that they have to be in this league and stuff like that. I genuinely, genuinely cannot remember seeing a league of such poor quality. Last time we were in this, yes, there was Dumbarton and Cowdenbeath who obviously we put 10 past, past Cowdenbeath batted Dumbarton a few times they were and obviously now look at where those two clubs are a terrible Livingston as well 
Exactly, Livingston, that's what I was just about to say actually, yeah, Livingston aren't the Livingston that we all know. No. However, the last time we were here, there was Rangers, there was Hibs, there was a very, very, very good Falkirk side as well. Agree, I spoke about that at the weekend actually on on a stream. I feel as though that Falkirk team could have done more. It's crazy that they did, what was it, three seasons in a row they made playoffs and just never managed to... Something like that, get yeah. Up. Yeah. Um, the last time we were here, I, I I did give a lot of respect to the league. I know you could make the argument, well, that's because three premiership sides were in it, so therefore it felt like there was more quality. And that very well is the case. I'm not going to deny that. But this this league is awful. It's absolutely terrible. It says so much about it that James McPake's Dundee has finished second best. Listen, we have been awful at times, particularly that February to the kind of end of March period where we were hopeless and we still have never had a title challenge. I know that when Dunfermline beat us in November, they technically went above us, but we had games in hand. Occupied second for a long time, the Pars. Yeah, exactly. Like They were there for so long and yet never... Never did I ever feel we weren't going to win this league. Well, even when, then, they, they secured a playoff place kind of on the penultimate day, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Like, when we that final whistle goes, when we beat Dundee 6-2, I just went, oh, that's us won the league. Like, I g- genuinely, and you can call me arrogant and stuff like that, I, I just don't care. Now that it's done, I don't care now. It's like a lot of people were saying with the celebration celebration all the quotation marks in the world for that that a lot of the criticism at us was that's 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 unfair because you need to show respect to this league i have zero respect for this league it is terrible i genuinely don't think there's another good team in it inverness have went on a good run recently and a fair play to him Neil McCann has somehow just looked like a competent manager. They had a stop start campaign though, mind you. Exactly. With with COVID and call-offs and all that. There was was times where you were wondering, will Inverness actually ever play again this season? Exactly. Listen, I think Inverness is maybe the one exception because of all the, and obviously the managerial situation that was completely out of anybody's hands. Of course. It really disrupted stuff. However... And again, much like James McPake being second, it's a testament that Neil McCann looked like a good football manager in this league. Do, do you think you're looking at it in this sort of fashion just because Hearts are sort of perceived as a bit of an anomaly and ultimately we support Hearts, so we are going to be disrespectful for the most part? Because, I, listen, I, I can remember having conversations with you about sort of the disparity between lower-end premiership teams and higher-end championship teams, there might not be a lot of difference, but you just don't feel as though that that any of the sides occupying the playoff places have the, the consistency to mount a serious you know, promotion charge. Yeah, listen, I could very well be proved wrong here. Um, I And I also very much agree that the bottom six of the premiership is very similar to the top six of the championship. But that's just because I think the bottom six of the Premiership is also awful for the most part. Like, 
to be but and I'm kind of saddened by it. I think in the last couple of years, Scottish football's quality overalls kind of dropped a bit. I think a few years ago there was a time where kind of you feel like anybody could beat anybody because everybody kind of had good teams. Obviously, there's exceptions. I'm not saying people went in thinking, oh, Hamilton have a chance against Celtic, and I know like Hamilton beat Rangers last season, stuff like that, but they were anomalies. But a wee while ago, I felt that most teams could take points off each other. I very much feel like, particularly in the Premiership, which obviously we're now looking towards, we're going into, there's a few teams that I go, you're guaranteed to get a win, but they're getting less and less and less, and if you go on a good run, you can suddenly shoot up the week. But at the very least, in the Premiership, teams can go on runs, like Livingston obviously went in that fantastic run St Johnston are doing so well Rangers you've seen the way they are Hibs and Aberdeen have been the only two teams that are going to be getting third and fourth I was going to say all it really takes is a little bit of consistency and chances are you occupy the top six exactly and it doesn't have to be a prolonged sort of period of consistency because Livingston no because Livingston have have massively dropped off yeah Yeah, they've been honking since Um, pretty much the, the League Cup semi you could argue never mind the final Absolutely, but I just I feel like championship sides don't even have that. They don't even have that sustained run. Where it was like Queen of the South went in a run, and they managed to go from tenth to. I swear they were nearly second at one point. They were certainly occupying the the playoff places. I think yeah, I think they were fourth, maybe a couple couple points off second. Yeah, like listen. It, the biggest insult I can give to this league is that we've won it by 12 points. <laughs> Have you seen us? We're dying. <laughs> we've had to sit here for 27 match weeks and most of them, it's been us going, that wasn't good enough, was it? And yet we've won it by 12 points. And I know, I know the argument. It's a very fair and just argument that well, listen, look at your budget. You should be doing that. And I fully agree. But then at the same time, don't then turn around to me, to me and say, well, you need to show respect to the league. No, we are the biggest team in this league. We were the best team in this league. We were always going to be. You never had a real chance of doing it because this was the best chance you had in us not winning. This team has not been good enough. You've seen the reaction of Hearts fans. One of the worst Hearts teams we've ever seen. And even with that, there was never any danger that we weren't going to win this league. And I cannot express how happy I am to get out of this league and not think about it again, apart from next week, where we review it overall. And next season. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I I, I mean, looking at it, do you want any of the, the playoff sides up? I mean, you, you've spoken of your discontent for Wraith. I don't think any single Hearts fan's keen on Dundee, so Dunfermline's probably our choice. Dunfermline up in Ross County, down in Hamilton. That that would be that would be nice. That's that's sort of my ideal scenario. There is also I'd like a Kyle Lafferty part... to to carry Kelly to safety. But see, there is a twisted part of me that wants to see Kelly relegated just to see what happens. Because in our lifetimes, Kelly have never not been in the Premiership. Despite sort of almost always occupying that, you know, they've they've often found themselves embroidered in a basement battle, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. Steve, and I just, Steve Clark's reign aside, 
Yeah, I would. I would genuinely be fascinated to see how they would fare in the championship. Do you think they'd be an anomaly like like we are? No, no, no not at all. I think they'd probably win it. I still think they'd probably win it. However, everybody said that about Dundee United and Hibs. Yeah, it took them a good few years. Yeah, three or four. Yeah, no, I I, I guess so, mate. Um, but if, if we focus solely on Hearts, I mean. Robbie, I think you touched on his his post match presser there, um, with Hearts TV, listed off sort of various goals which Hearts have reached. I'm not gonna lie, some of these just appeared somewhat convenient because he talked about 57 points, which we ended up on exactly. Scored over 50 goals, we scored 63, and conceded less than 25 when we conceded 24. I've reiterated the fact that. This doesn't make amends for the early exits in both cups for me. I'm not buying these so-called targets. What's your belief regarding these? Well, I think it's a weird position because they are objectively true because of the logic behind them. He was like, they looked at the last, I think he said 10 championship seasons and extrapolated, so it was something like to win the league you needed 71 points. I think he said 76 and then they were sort of looking at it for like three quarters would be 57. Yeah, so to get... to to, So it was like at the start of the season, it was like if we get 57 points as a minimum, we'll win the league. I wonder who came up with that on Monday, sort of. If we beat Rovers, that'll be 57 and we'll just... We'll just pass it off as that. But no, because like people have done it, I've shown on Twitter that that is the case. That if you get 57 points, there's never been a team in the last 10 years who haven't got at least that and won. So, when he said targets, I took it as meaning as going, at the start of the season, he said to the guys, if we hit all three of these, we win the league. It doesn't really matter the rest. Like, if we don't concede 25, if we score more than 50, and we get 57 points, it doesn't really matter what else other teams do, then we've won the league. That is the situation. People of them rightly said that the targets aren't good enough in terms of the club of our size. And whilst I agree with that, I don't... And listen, this is just the way I took it. I don't think Robbie was saying that's the the aim in terms of... Standard. We need to be... Yeah, that's not the standard he was wanting. For me, it was like, right, that's the minimum. And I think it's a bad thing that we only achieved the minimum. But it was more that he was just going... Well, listen, if we hit these three hens, we've won the week. And he's been proven right there. However, yeah, I agree with the point that, for example, 57 points isn't good enough for us. I know it physically was. Like, I know 57 points was good enough because we did win the week. But at the start of the season... Well, but this is the thing, and again, we'll probably speak about it more next week. But if someone said to you at the start of this season... We'd win the league by 12 points, score the most, concede the least, have a goal difference of 30 more than our second best team. Yeah, you'd probably take it, wouldn't you? You would take it. Obviously, though, that doesn't take into account the cup results, which is where I feel, obviously, the most amount of anger is. I don't think people actually care that we got beat by Queen of the South for the first time and whatever. We dropped points against Morton and stuff like that. I don't really think people care about that because we dropped points against fucking Dumbarton last time we were down here. No, I, I, listen, I get that. and I, You know, I was, I was thinking as you were kind of talking there, 
sort of the goals that we've conceded, I was listing off sort of fixtures in my head going, we've conceded three at home to Wraith, three at home to Air, three at home to Queen of the South. We've actually conceded less goals away from home than at home. We've conceded twice as yeah. many goals at home as we have away. Yeah. Which is bizarre. Um, of course, looking at it, I mean, home table, one eleven fixtures out of 14, scored 44, conceded 16, um, drawn one. Christ, lost, is it that big a difference in goals scored and goals against? Well, this is it, because away from home, in 13 matches, we've scored 19 goals and conceded 8. That's interesting, isn't it? Bizarre. Um, Do you think that says that we play more defensive away from... I know it probably literally does, but do you think that tells the story of our away games? Would you say that we felt more defensive away from home? I'd I'd say in, in some certain performances we've failed to sort of conjure up opportunities, haven't we? I mean, our broth yeah. recently comes into my head. Morton recently, um, two nil-nil draws. But our men... But this is what I mean. Are they defensive... Because I feel like we wouldn't describe them as defensive where we were like... No, it's not as though we've set out to be... I, I get what you mean. Um, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to imagine that we're always sort of looking to play on the front foot and ultimately we're up against a side that's sort of played with two banks of four or whatever. Um, yeah, do you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. it's in, when you think defensive, you think, all right, okay, we've probably set up, as you say, two banks of four, a bank of five and a four and then kind of just waiting for the counter. Whereas I feel in every single game this season, our defence has been on the halfway line. The problem has just been actually breaking down teams who have just set themselves up well. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, Listen, I I don't know. I mean, I'm hardly going to refer back to sort of the the home and away tables um, in the Championship, but to to have lost as many home as we did away is another interesting statistic that I'm just looking at here. The two home defeats to what Wraith and Queen of the South, mm-hmm. and the two away to Dunfermline and Dundee. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it is interesting, especially because you'd probably think they would be the other way round. If somebody said to you, "Oh, you lost to Queen of the South and um, Wraith," overs. Yeah, you'd you, expect and it to then be. you lost to the, you'd go like, "Oh, we probably got beat off Dunfermline and Dundee at home, and then probably lost to Wraith and." Um, Queen of the South away. Yeah, yeah, that that is a bit funny. Um, but listen, like you say, just I'm not even sure that it's like delight that it's finished because I'm gonna miss like stuff to moan about each week. But it's, it's more, more just, relief. Yeah, it is relief. That's that's exactly it. Um, of course, before we go, I want to touch on a video that Hearts released. Um, the the fourth part of their Away Up in Gorgie series, which. Actually, I'd forgotten all about. I thought it'd been sort of discontinued. Um, But this this latest episode was titled Meeting of Minds, in which there was a two versus two involving John Suter and Stephen Naismith up against Michael Smith and Liam Boyce. I was in hysterics watching this. What what did you make of it? Stephen Naismith is the most infuriating person in the world, isn't he? How competitive is (laughs) Naismith? Oh my goodness! It's unbelievable. I just liked how it was a perfect dichotomy of like, Naismith is so competitive, and for the first wee bit, Smith and Boyce didn't even realise they were in a team. (laughs) 
Liam Boyce, Liam Boyce, just oh, he, he couldn't believe it as soon as he found out that Michael Smith was on his team. He was buzzing. He was, he was. so ch- He was like, "All right, okay, I'm going to get points here." And Smith looked gutted. Oh, just. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The, the first round, the sort of name that song. That was that was the worst one for me. But as soon as they got into the, the work of art one, where they had to draw their teammates, I was howling. Uh, I'm a big fan of Soapy just drawing somebody in a goal. Suter cheated! And passing Suter it off cheated. as Craig Gordon. Suter cheated. That is absolutely cheating. And as if Liam Boyce was bad enough with not realising that he and Michael Smith were a team, I mean, his flag knowledge, dearie me. <laughs> it fucking hates Pete Swiss. <laughs> drawing his Switzerland flag as opposed to Austria. And I, fucking I'm not again, lie. Naismith just shouting, Gilles Rissi! It's Gilles Rissi! <laughs> I mean, Boyce's flag knowledge is as decent as his footwear choice. I mean, Crocs in 2021. Do you want to hear a quote? Come on, Liam. From him about the footwear. Yeah, go for it. Fashionable and comfortable. The, per- the correct footwear choice. <sighs> Terrible. I'm not a fan. Um, it's shocking, eh? <laughs> what about Michael Smith just drawing an enormous stick man and passing it off as Big Nando? <laughs> I mean, it worked. As soon as he did it, I was like, that's Nando, isn't it? Oh, super. But without a doubt, I mean, there was sort of a, a quick fire 50 50 where they have to both answer half each. Um, the, oh, who, the classic Who Am I? But without a doubt, the highlight for me was the guest in the movie with the charades. I mean,. Naismith gets so angry. Jurassic Park. What does he even do? He just like he d- Suter's guess of Planet of the Apes is quite a good guess from what Naismith did. Because what dinosaur is that? What dinosaur looks like a low airplane? <laughs> I think he's meaning a pterodactyl. I think oh. that's what he's meaning for when he does the flying thing. But as Boyce correctly points out, you just dare T-Rex. Amazing. And then Liam Boyce himself getting rocky shortly after. I felt bad for Sven because you heard Naismith go, that is shocking for you. Jurassic Park and Rocky. And you hear Sven just go, I thought they were both quite easy. They are Sven. They are both quite easy. Naismith's just shit. No, I'm sorry. Rocky is ten times easier than Jurassic Park. No, it's not. All he boys no, had to do not. was raise his fists, and all he had, all Smith had to do was raise his fists, and all just in front of his fucking chest. I got angry at that, and then he had the goal to say that Jurassic Park's the worst film in the world, and that fucking Stereophonics are his favourite band. Listen, I, I'm I'm not going to disagree with either of those shouts. What are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> Jurassic Park, it wouldn't be my first choice of, of motion picture. What are you talking about? One of the most iconic films of all time. Revolutionary. In, how? Tell me that. Right, listen. You're coming at somebody who does film stuff. So come on. Get it explained. I'm just not a fan. I mean, dinosaurs just not for me, mate. What a fucking dismissal. Of one of the most iconic films oh, ever. Wait, hold on. What's wrong with the stereophonics? This is the thing. I'm not saying that they have... For example, Dakota, big fan of. Handbags and Glad Rags, their version. It's great, mm-hmm. right? But as a favourite band, that's a poor shit. No, I, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, a couple couple iconic songs, like you yes. say, but... Yeah. Yes. No, 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 that's fair. 
Um, even in if fairness, I'm not Smith it. with fucking Snow Patrol was as bad. Yeah, again, probably probably in that same category, really, isn't it? Couple standout yeah. songs, but nothing to to write home about. Why um, haven't we done this all season? This is far better than us speaking about hearts. Should we do like an equivalent? Yes. <laughs> if, if anybody fancies some sort of like quiz to make up for both of us, then feel free to tweet oh, us or send it via email with or whatever, and we'll the get we'll get out, we'll draft a host in. Oh, the season's finished. We've got nothing else to speak about in terms of hearts. Let's get this on the go. Fully on board. There's your mission, listeners. If anybody also wants to come forward and be a potential host, um, feel free. We'll, we'll, we'll take on, you know, applications and what have you. Um, yeah, go and, through a vetting process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's do it. Why not? Well, what an incredible way to end the season. Speaking about Jurassic Park and Snow Patrol. As you would. As you exactly. Hey, listen, more entertaining than heart this season. Let's <laughs> oh, be totally only honest. this football club could do that, couldn't they? Exactly. So, massive thank you for listening. Massive thank you for listening all this season. Obviously, it's been the season that we've returned because we took a leave of absence. We came back for this season. It probably didn't pan out the way we thought it was going to, but. We have one the week. We will be back next week to give a kind of more in-depth view of the season where we'll speak about the transfer business, speaking about players in, players out, individual performances, the general results, and we're also going to cover how, if you remember, all the way back to the start of the season, we did our predictions for stuff like points totals oh. player of the year mm-hmm. breakthrough players but yeah Adam's worried because Adam here's a little spoiler has had a nightmare when it came to his predictions but we'll be back with all that next week we are at Perth to Paisley you can get us on all good podcast platforms and even some bad ones we've just we're on everything please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice it goes a really long way in pleasing the stupid algorithm that makes no sense and gets us out to more listeners we are at Perth to Paisley on all forms of social media we're also on YouTube if you want to look at a still static image when you're listening to this podcast as well have it on the background Adam where can they get you on social media they can get me on social media all the socials at Adam T Kendo and what about yourself mate I am at dmcaiver 22 as I say we'll be back next week for the end of season pre- uh, review not preview we might be previewing the SPFL premiership season next week as well who knows and then let's get this quiz organised it'll be class however we will see you all next week goodbye keep the faith more the JTs. <laughs>